0: Girl Who Didn't Care is a song that I wrote about channeling that fearless spirit that we all used to have as little kids and just kind of thinking any dream was possible and believing it would happen without any doubt or concern about what anyone else thought in the world. And I know I wouldn't be here you know, chasing my music dream if it wasn't for that seven or eight year old kid that I used to be believing in this. And, and I'm looking for more of that kind of confidence and courage in my life right now and this song was part of my journey to to find some of that. So this is Girl Who Didn't Care.
2: Danielle, I'm curious, where are you? Are you hanging out in Nashville today? Where are you at today?
0: I am. I'm here for, I think, just 24 hours. I, we okay. just kicked off the Brothers Osborne tour this past weekend. And very cool. <sighs> oh, it was so fun. It feels so good to be back out on the road. So we leave back again at midnight tonight. Oh my gosh, that's bananas. Yeah. How is
2: it? How is it feeling to have that energy again of like concerts and being with listeners? I'm sure that's amazing.
0: It is. It's such an overwhelming, awesome feeling. It's like my heart has missed this so much for the past year and a half. It's like there's a part of myself that's just kind of been tucked away that um, feels like it's kind of coming back to life now. And I really, I just, that's my favorite place to be in that sort of sacred community spirit of, of live music, whether it's as a fan listening to somebody in a concert or standing up there on stage. It's like the circle feels the same and it's just such a high, so I'm I'm so grateful to get to be back.
2: Yeah. Have you been performing since you were little? Is this something that's newer in your life? Like, tell us the story of how you got to be
0: on this tour right now. Yeah, I've always loved music. It's just been something that I felt calling me at since a, a really young age. I grew up, you know, singing along in the back seat of the vehicle, following along to lyric booklets to Shania Twain and singing my heart out and dreaming of what it might feel like to step up on a stage someday. And my grandparents got me my first guitar when I turned 14. And I started, you know, figuring out which chords kind of sounded okay together and writing songs and that part of creative process to me was like, Oh, like I could tell stories and then be able to sing them for people. Like I love that piece of it. And I made my first trip to Nashville shortly after that and kept coming back and forth as much as my parents would let me skip school. And then when I graduated high school, it was like, okay, you know, I I did some touring in Canada for a year. And then I was like, I, I just have to get get to Nashville. So my dad helped me make the drive. We Loaded up my little Tacoma and spent 45 hours driving from Grand Prairie, Alberta, Canada to Nashville, Tennessee, and that oh my was, gosh, it's just about seven years ago. So wow! And how old were you at the time? I was 18, turning 19. Okay, and yeah.
2: It it was so
0: exciting and also like, oh my gosh, this is so far from home. I really hope this works out because I don't want to drive 25 hours back.
2: (laughs) Right. Well, I also think that there's something cool about sort of the throwing yourself into the deep end of the swimming pool and having to figure out how to swim, like needing to figure out how to survive and make it and find your way because you've done it. You know, I had a similar experience. I moved from my small town to Los Angeles when I was 18. Mm -hmm. And I played Dixie Chicks Wide Open Spaces. Airtime. And And, like hyped myself up about what I was going to (laughs) do. And I remember getting there and being like, oh my God, what do I do now? And figuring it out. So what did like figuring it out look like for you? Did you already have a plan in place? Or did you
0: really hit the ground and go, okay, I'm here. Now what? it was a little bit of both. I had made probably six or seven trips going for like a week leading up to officially moving. So I had a handful of people that I had written songs with before or had met, but so much of it was just like, okay, what do I do if I'm here all the time? And like, you know, my, on the first like three days, my dad stayed with me and we got groceries and like set up my little place and then he flew home. But in those three days is like, we went around to all these different cool guitar shops and even just everyone working at those, like at Guitar Center is so ridiculously good. It's like you you see them like playing these guitars and it just everything about the experience of being in Nashville made me want to go home and like work so hard and write songs all night. And I got to go also in those three days to see a random show at the Bluebird Cafe. And I heard it's kind of like this songwriter's venue. And one of my heroes, her name is Lori McKenna. She's just like such an incredible storyteller. She's written songs like Humble and Kind, to McGraw, or Girl Crush, Little Big Town. And like she's sitting there playing and singing. And I just was like so inspired in that moment. And any kind of shows like that, I'd I'd go out as much as I could the first, you know, two years of living here and just felt hungry to just be like a sponge and soak. Everything that I soaked in was a part of the creative output that I felt like I was able to kind of show up and and just kind of kept knocking on doors. And one person that I'd meet in a line randomly of going to watch one of those shows would become a friend that I'd write songs with or somebody that would introduce me to someone else and send a song to this person. And it really kind of was one of those tangible evidence moments of going, oh, like you just keep showing up and things actually can happen. What a concept. This is so fun. Right,
2: (laughs) right. Well, you also said something that I feel like is a really good piece of advice if listeners didn't catch it. And not that this is always an option for people, but you immersed yourself. You know, you could have kept working on your craft in Canada or anybody in whatever hometown they come from. But if you want to be a country music singer, there's a place that you go. And if you have a way and you have the will to be able to immerse, like you said, something so cool, like everybody there is talented. And so it automatically forced you to level up your game. Like, if you're going to be in this city and you want to do this well, like, I love that you said, like, it made you want to go home and practice. It made you want to write songs and get better. But I also think that it sounds to me like you had a really sort of open heart and open mind about what the experience was. Like, if you were connecting with people in line and you, it sounds like you were sort of open to or fluid in
0: how it manifested for you. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, that's a cool way to say that. I think so. I think... That's kind of what I grew up believing is just like, keep your eyes wide open to whatever is around or whatever doors might, might become available. And I'm grateful for that spirit. That's just like, huh, that kind of curiosity, like wonder what could happen here. And some of that is like, also just the high of the excitement of being in this place that I dreamed of my whole life. And it's like, oh, what a adrenaline rush that felt like every day. And also at the same time with that adrenaline rush, it was like so terrifying and lonely to like live by myself for the first time in my life and be that far away from home. It was like there were so many homesick days just spent in this little rental apartment by myself. And I literally felt my voice change like from the time before what it sounded like before I moved there within like two years. So much time just spent by myself in that kind of creative space, just singing and like feeling the emotions of the high of being somewhere amazing and feeling closer to the dream. And also like, am I supposed to be here? Am I doing the right things? This is hard. Like all of that together. I literally feel like it changed the of what my voice sounded like. Yeah.
2: I'm,
0: I'm super grateful for that time. I think there's something about like leaving a comfort zone that's such a good recipe for change. In a good way. Have you listened to
2: Miley Cyrus? Did an interview with Joe Rogan. Have you by chance listened to that? <gasps> I don't think I have, but I'm definitely. Okay, it's like two hours long. It is really worth your time. Whoa. I've found it fascinating, but I think you really dig it because she talks about how her voice has changed over time with emotion. She's the only other person besides you have ever heard say that. Wow. And it's that's really, yeah, it's real. And if you think about it, her voice has really yeah. changed in the last decade. And she speaks about that, like all that she's gone through. And she said, oh, I I feel like she explains it almost like how your face changes as you get older, that her voice has also sort of aged with her. And it's a really cool conversation. So you should check it out. (laughs) I definitely will. I love the sound of that. That's amazing. But tell me, like, if you can go back to that time period, because I think there's a lot of listeners, there's a lot of young women who listen to the show who maybe find themselves in a similar situation that you found yourself in. They're, you know, maybe they're distanced right now because of COVID. They're in an apartment. They're They're fighting for the dream. They're working on it. It feels like the world keeps shifting and changing. Like, what are some things that you can remember that helped you in that time to like, like not lose hope and not lose heart Mm. of the dream in front of you, even though you were feeling like homesick and that you're missing your friends. And was there
0: anything that you did that sort of helped that process? That's a good question. I mean, I think talking to the people that I love through the distance was something helpful. I think for me, it was like, also just further diving into the things that put good fuel in the tank. You know, it's like, like literally listening to records for hours of my heroes and obsessing Mm -hmm. over their work and going, you know, how can I learn from this if I'm feeling, you know, stuck or, or lonely or, or just like uncertain of everything. It's like the, the art, the thing that I love the most is always what I feel like the greatest gravity towards which I think we also can feel resistance to. It's like the closer, something that makes us feel good can also be like something we don't think of doing more of in the moments that we need (laughs) it. Yes. But I do think that was helpful for me in that time. I listened to so many Patty Griffin records and so many, like just, I, I would just listen for hours. And I think that was really helpful for me. I'm curious about everyone's sort of process
2: to achieving a goal. Are you a visual, like, so you're listening to those records. Are you visualizing in your mind? Like, do you see yourself on stage before it happens? Are you imagining when you win the CMA? Are you like, (laughs) are you the kind of person that visualizes those dreams before they become reality?
0: Definitely. I've always been that way. It's like, I remember in in grade in second grade one of our big art assignments for the year was to draw a picture of what we wanted to be when we grew up and I just thought what a cool project I still have the picture that I drew it was this stick figure girl on stage with a disco ball holding on to a microphone <laughs> and, and like <laughs> I looked at that picture it was on the back of my door growing up in my childhood room and I looked at it every day and it was like okay look, like, I'm gonna I'm gonna get there I'm gonna do this and I'm a big believer in vision boards. I have one in in my Same. wall in, in Same my girl. Room. It's so good. <laughs> it's so helpful to look at that every day. And and kind of there's there's like the visualization part where I like to I'm kind of a, a morning person. Like I love to wake up and fairly early and just kind of like sit and look outside and and imagine what might happen for the day or kind of put myself in a place of something that I'm like working towards. In a specific season, and just be like, what's that gonna feel like? And it's so funny because it's always just a sketch. Like, you can kind of imagine what it's gonna be. And then it's the coolest thing to get to walk out some of those moments, actually. And the color and the dimension that comes out from that is always so much like a little more different or more awesome. Or I don't know, it's just different than you kind of picture it. So I love seeing it go from like this sketch in my head to an actual picture of something
2: absolutely okay you said morning routine or you said morning being a morning oh. person I'm a morning person and I'm a huge morning routine girl do you have a routine in the morning that like sets you up for the day and what are your like must-haves
0: I think the must-have for me is just quiet like I'm mm-hmm. such a kind of internal introvert of sorts and it's like just sort of 20 minutes to just sort of breathe and like think and have that sort of peaceful space to just imagine some things for the day that's something helpful for me it's like a form of a prayer or you know like a close my eyes and visualize something or I've got like motivation cards that I'll read through and just kind of like hold on to an intention for the day but yeah it's just kind of just the quiet I can kind of figure out I think with being on the road I'm a little out of practice of what that means, but the the routine and the practice stays the same, but like the environment around me is constantly changing. So trying yes. to kind of hold on to that to start the day is always, I think, important for me. I definitely noticed myself drifting without that sort of anchor. I love the year morning routine person, too. That's so cool.
2: I've had the routine forever and my boyfriend works in music. And so he's constantly on tour and he mm. was the one who actually told me the idea of needing to have a routine that can exist anywhere. Cause he's been mm. on tour for like 20 years. So he'll be like, it doesn't matter where he is in the world or what the time zone is or whatever. He says, what are those sacred practices that, can exist no matter where you are, because if you can't pull it into it, another country, another time zone, yeah. something stressful, then it's not going to serve you in the way that it needs to. I love
0: that.
2: So I love that's a good reminder as you you know head back out. What does this tour look like for you? Like how long you're on the road? Is it weekends? Is it all <laughs> the time? Like, because <laughs> I know it's a little bit different in country music than it is with other. Is that right? Like it's that is more right and vibes. Okay.
0: It is more weekend vibes for the most part, but I do think because of the giant return of live music, like to find venues right now that are to, to make sense on a on a long stretch is not entirely consistent. So there's a few weekdays kind of in the middle, and but for the most part, it's like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday show for us now until almost the end of November. So um, oh, wow, yeah, I'm really excited. It feels like go time. I'm ready. Yeah.
2: <laughs> And then our, I mean, this is maybe a nerdy question, but I'm just super curious. Like what are, how do you like maintain your health? How do you like, how do you take care of you and practice self-care when you're doing something that's so intense every week?
0: That's still something I'm working to figure out in all, in all honesty, but <laughs> sleeping when one can is something right. that I have learned to adapt to. It's like, okay, there's a few hours here let's maybe take a little nap or go to bed a little earlier or try those things. But, you know, most most of the time I try to eat as healthy as I can that's available. Um, I always bring like little shakes with me that I can make if I, if I need. Um, and then kind of holding on to that morning routine. Um, journaling, that's something that's really helpful for me. And I don't necessarily always do that in the morning. Sometimes I do, but like if I find a quiet moment to just sort of let out what's sort of happened in the last little while and that's kind of feels like a good expressive thing for me to do and then I love exploring so when we're kind of in new places and there's time during the day I always love to go take a little walk outside and kind of see sometimes we're in the middle of nowhere around an amphitheater so it's literally just me walking between the seats for an hour and that's fun too sometimes right right? Um, you take what you can get that's right and I love to like just watch and learn all day like I love to sometimes you know I get to hang out at the soundboard for sound check for brothers and I'm like asking a million questions about the sound things work or I get to kind of watch what the lighting director does during the day or how they set things up so I love to kind of that, that'll definitely spend some time too during the day but um, but yeah I guess that was a bit of a roundabout answer to no I, I love that I'm,
2: because I'm always curious how other people are making it work or figuring it out and I think do you you talked about wanting to eat healthy when you're on the road? do you feel like there's a difference? I already know the answer, but I'm just setting this up. Uh, Do you feel like there's a difference in your ability to perform and be present and have energy when you are taking care of yourself nutritionally versus, because when I was younger, I didn't know a difference. And so I would be like, oh, I'm stressed out because I'm, I have to go and give this keynote. And so I'm going to eat Whataburger and like, you know, like do the whole thing because it's going to comfort me. But then not understanding yeah. how that affected my performance. And now I know the difference. So is that something you've always known or something you've learned?
0: I think definitely learned along the way. Yeah. And it's like the more also like longer stretches of things. It's like you just see it catch up to you when you're only going Thursday to Saturday. It's kind of like, okay, well, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, rest up and get better. But when you're out for a longer time, it's like, oh, like you can feel the effects of it wearing on your body. And I definitely notice it with food. I think I notice it even more with sleep. It's just kind of mm. like that's the thing for me that I think recharges the most. But yeah, it definitely affects performance. It affects like mental state for all of us out there. It's like, okay, everyone's a little tired today. We can feel this. Like, how do we make sure we're putting good fuel in the tank all around? So yeah. Yeah.
2: What is your pre-performance? Like, do you have a routine that you go through every time before you go on stage?
0: Yeah. So I I take like a quiet moment while I'm putting my makeup on I usually do some vocal exercises, warm up my voice, stretch a little bit, make sure my body feels good. And then kind of put on the, the armor, the sparkles of sorts and like channel the the feelings of that and then my band and I were just all kind of goofy and we have like a three or four song kind of dance party and just sort of all sing and, and dance along to whatever gets played and then we huddle and say a little say a little prayer and set our intention for the show and we have some hilarious like everybody puts their hands in and it's some kind of Tim Hortons chant from back home that we do. That's really (laughs) fun. (laughs) And then we go side stage and like put the, you know, in-ear pack on and kind of get in the zone. It's, it's so gets So quiet when you put the in-ears in right before you go on stage, it's like, all you can kind of hear is what's in your own head. And then stepping out on stage, that's like the quietest part of my day is like just being present in that moment. It's one of my favorite feelings, like all the all the voices in my head kind of go away and every other thoughts that are bouncing around. It's just sort of like the music forces me to just be right there. And I love that feeling. So I don't know if I would get to that same mental spot without my like weird ritual before it's definitely a part of sort of working into that zone for sure.
2: What do you think for you? I mean, cause I love, I'm really regimented before I do anything. So I totally get it what do you think is the difference this is maybe a hard question but I'm just curious Mm. between like a good show and a great show for you Mm.
0: I think the difference is state of mind I think Mm. you know being distracted is really hard to get in the zone whether there's something technically not quite working or there's just something like pulling at at my head I would say that that kind of can can make the difference between a, a good and a great show and I think also it's like just energy in the room can make, you know, we feed off of that so much. So when a crowd is right, it's even something so simple as when everybody is spread out, you know, as an opening act, sometimes where they're, you know, playing as people are still coming in. And so they will be like more peppered through the venue. And it's like, without everybody being like right here, closer together, it's harder to like catch sort of the energy of the room. Yeah. So sometimes that, that can kind of, we feed off of that. So it's like, okay, how can we just maybe tune that out and just, you know, focus on the energy that we can pick up and go from there. But but yeah, we're always kind of growing and learning and figuring out ways to go. How can we keep making this better? And how can we make getting in the zone feel easier? But yeah.
2: Right. You have, as you were talking, I was thinking about the new song. (laughs) And because I was just thinking like performance and what that feels like. And I know I'm sure you have more than one, but will you talk to listeners about the new song and where that came from and um, why it's so special? I honestly, Becky sent it to me, Becky at Hmm. WB sent it to me and I I was watching it and I was like, oh, this is cute. Like, this is so cute. And then when they were adults, I just started bawling. Like I didn't even expect that. I was like, no, she's a grown up firefighter now. So good job. <laughs> Thanks, Rachel. <laughs> tell tell me about where that came from. What was the inspiration for that one? Yeah,
0: thank you for asking about the song. It's called "Girl Who Didn't Care," and I'm so excited to have this as like the intro to the new music I've been working on. And I've been walking a lot this past year, pacing my neighborhood. Some things felt really therapeutic to me about the movement of one foot in front of the other. And I uh, I think creatively being an observer is always something helpful to me. So I was noticing all this different sidewalk chalk art from neighbor kids and like hearing them playing in the backyard and something about those sounds and feelings made, made me sort of reminiscent to, to thinking about what courage looks like and how the most fearless version of ourselves, I think is when we don't, you know, when we're younger and we don't really realize any expectations or limitations of the world around us. And I know I wouldn't be living out my my music dream if it wasn't for that seven or eight year old kid who just was like, Oh, I'm going to grow up and be that someday. Like, this is just what's going to happen. So I've definitely felt like this past year has challenged me to kind of be looking for more of that courage in my life again, and my safe places to write about it. And so writing this song was like, an invitation to kind of channel that girl who didn't care how far her dream was or care about what anybody else thought. And visually, I got so excited to make a music video for this because I knew that I wanted the representation of those, those little dreamers and all of us. I wanted a little astronaut with her helmet on and wanted to see a, a young girl on a kicking around a football. And And then what what became part of the the dream of the music video is like, let's find people in real life, like real women who are actually living out their real dreams, because there's something so powerful, I think, about witnessing. Like when you see somebody doing it, it's like, oh, cool, I can do it too. like That that feeling is so transferable from Mm -hmm. one dreamer to the next. And so I was really excited. We got to invite Sarah Fuller, who actually met doing a podcast um, earlier this year, and we were both talking together and sharing our stories. And, you know, she's the the first female to ever play and score points in a Power Five conference football game. And we became friends. It was like, okay, we have to see if Sarah wants to do this video. And then one of my my music publisher, her husband's a firefighter here in Nashville. And I called him and I was like, I just think female firefighters are such incredible heroes. Like, please, can you introduce me to... He's like, I have the perfect person. Her name is Shannon Wells. Her spirit is like has such a heart of of a server and just somebody who's always looking out for people and I was like, this is awesome. I can't wait to meet her. And then we had Alyssa Carson who I've been following on Instagram for a while and I can't wait for like fifteen years from now and I'm like, Alyssa Carson was on, on in our music video. now she just landed on Mars because she's like has been dreaming of going to Mars since she was three years old. Oh and my so gosh. it was really cool to get that cast together for this music video and to to send it out there. And I really hope that people feel inspired and reminded of their dreams when they see the music video. Yeah, it's really cool.
2: And I think it's also a a super powerful reminder for women, even women who are older, to ask themselves what that little girl would have done. Yeah. Because I think, I think oftentimes we get so caught up in life or having kids or responsibilities or work and um, you sort of lose sight of that version of you. And I, I think that that little girl version of us really matters. And I I'll oftentimes, like, I can't even tell you how many women are, are like, I've lost myself. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. And I always ask them to go back in time mm. to the dream that they had, or the like, not even the dream, just like, what did you love when you were little? Yes. And yes. you know, i are like, well, yeah, but it was dumb. I liked, you know, putting makeup on or I liked playing <laughs> soccer. Or I, I'm 46. Like, I can't do that. I'm like, yeah, no, you for sure can't. Yeah, <laughs> there are things like you could, you could take tap dancing lessons, or you could bust out the clarinet, like, Absolutely. those things mattered, because they made you happy. And yeah. somewhere along the line, I feel like life tells us that if we can't make money doing something, that yeah. it doesn't have value in our life. Mm. And it's just not true. I think that it lights up your spirit, and it makes you feel good. And it reminds you of that version of yourself. So I love the video. I'll for sure post it on social and tell everyone to watch it. So Thank they can to too.
0: Watch <laughs> it just not,
2: not when you're on your period, not when you It will be an ugly cry. That's amazing. Oh,
0: thank you. I love True. that.
2: It should come with like a little disclaimer. <laughs> a little warning.
0: A little oh warning.
2: Um, so, so tell me as you, because clearly you're a dreamer, you've been <laughs> working on these dreams for the longest time. What does it look like when you look into the next five years? Like what are the hopes and dreams that exist now that you've started
0: to have real traction In this Mm -hmm. industry, (laughs) that's so fun to think about. I think just more moments of like noticing the chair being pulled up to the table of country music Mm -hmm. and just music in general, and being like, "I am invited to be here," and like I am among the people who have inspired me up to this point, and just like being president in those moments and kind of like owning that chair is a big part of of I think my dreams in the next little while, but tour bus that's on the division board we are oh, okay. currently yeah. I like that. <laughs> we, we have graduated to this point so up until like two weeks ago we were driving for the most part in like a van sprint, 15 passenger van and then before covid we had upgraded to the sprinter van that had all the seats taken out and we put some but there were some bunks in it and so i was like okay we're getting there it's like a bus just add water you know it's, it's a tiny little thing and now We have this; it's called a bandwagon, and and it's kind of like the size of like a semi truck, but doesn't ride as smooth as a bus. But it's a step closer. So on the vision board, it's like a tour bus. I can't wait to be traveling around in one of those soon. So that
2: feels like it's not even something I would ever think about, but I love that vision (laughs) for you, and I hope it's like sparkly and has like a design on the outside. Let people know you're coming. That feels really exciting. Oh my gosh, it does. It really does. So, but yeah, those are, I guess, a few things. Yeah, that feels good. So, tell me if people are listening to this and they want to find out more about your music, they want to follow you on social, like tell us all the places that we can find you and the tour and get to see you live. Like, give us all the juicy details.
0: Yeah, my website, snealtowns.com, will tell you all the different tour dates and I can't wait to get to see everybody at more shows down the road. We're hoping to to continue to kind of roll out some plans for touring into next year as well. But we're out with Brothers for the rest of of this year. And then you can find me in all the places. Instagram. I always love getting to like message people. I'm I definitely am the one responding to it. So come say hi if you're if you're on there. And I love getting to to chat with everybody and hear stories and. Um, that's such a big part of this for me I miss being able to like see people by the merch stand and hug everybody after shows So looking forward to more of that hopefully soon but yeah, and all the TikTok, Facebook, all the things. We also have a road phone that people can text into as well. Which is oh, fun. wow.
2: That's so cool. And yeah. where do they find that number? Is that on your social?
0: It's on Instagram. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Groovy. Okay.
2: Well, Tanil, thank you so much for the time. I feel inspired by your story. So I know <laughs> listeners are going to as well. And I'm excited to see what happens from here. It's really beautiful to watch it unfold and to know how long you've been intentionally working towards this dream it's so cool to see it happen in real time nice. and i feel like just like you said about the astronaut i feel like we're having that moment with you where we're like oh my god <laughs> i can't believe she was on the show and now look at her go oh so,
0: that's so kind. The good work
2: thank yeah. you
0: for saying that i really appreciate it. it's been so wonderful to get to chat with you and thank you so much for having me be a part of your show
1: The Rachel Hollis podcast is hosted by me, Rachel Hollis. Our show is edited by Andrew Weller with additional production support by Sterling Coates. Our executive producer is Cameron Berkman. The Rachel Hollis podcast is a 3% chance production.